Well, today we are continuing our series soundtrack, What Does Your Life Sound Like? And I, I really believe this. I believe that every person's life makes some sort of sound, some sort of music. No matter who is around you, when people come around you, if they know you, they know that your life plays a, so to speak, a certain tune. And so that is sort of the the question for you, it's a question for me, is I wonder sometimes in my life, when I'm around people, what, what kind of a song are they hearing coming out of my life? And I'm going to be honest with you, I mean, there are some times when I'm a little bit frightened to wonder what kind of music I'm playing with my life, because I know that there are times whenever I am playing horrible music. You know, the one thing I don't want to be in my life is I do not want to be the Christian Millie Vanilli. You know, the guy who's out there lip-syncing, not being legitimate. And so it, it, that's the question. Who are you? What, what, kind of, what kind of a song is your life playing? Because that is something that we are trying to contemplate as believers and as a church, is as believers and as a church, what kind of a sound are we giving off? Because I believe that as Christians, there is certain kind of music that ought to be coming out of our lives. And really where our focus is going to be on today concerning the kind of music that your life and my life ought to be playing is generosity. I believe that the life of a Christian ought to be marked with generosity. That, that is who we should be in our, in our nature, not in our human nature, but in the nature that the new nature that God has given us. As a matter of fact, Paul instructed Timothy to tell the church in 1 Timothy 6, 18 through 19, he said, instruct them to do what is good, and then he said, to be rich in good works and to be generous, willing to share storing up for themselves a good reserve for the age to come so that they may take hold of the life that is real. So what that, what that is just reminding me over and over again is that Christians have a calling from God to be generous. Now I've had this in mind for a while that that ought to be some of the sounds or some of the music that we ought to produce in our lives. And, and villagers, let me tell you something. You as a church... Very generous. This is a very generous church. I can't even tell. There, there's going to be some things that we're going to tell you all as we get closer to the end of the year. Some of the things that you are doing, some of the things that because of your giving, how it has really set the course for this church. And it's your generosity. But I believe that one thing that we can do as a church to demonstrate tangibly our generosity to our community is we, we came up with an idea called the Big Give. And so he said, what we want to do is, just as a church, we want to do a special corporate offering where we, where we give it to someone in our community to show that as Christians, that we're generous. And so the idea that, that what we came up with for this year said, you know, one thing that we can do is we can take up a special offering and we want to give it towards the teachers at Blythewood High School. Now, I know there's a lot of other schools, but that's just one that we focused on. So we're going to focus on this school, we're going to take up a special offering for them, and as we give it to them, we just very simply, this is all we want to do, we as a church want to be a blessing to a school in our community for one reason and one reason only. You know what it is? It's not so that I will look good. You know, that's not going to happen. 
We want to do it so that we demonstrate to our community what Jesus is like. And so today in our passage of Scripture, now that's what we can do corporately, but today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to look to see what we can do as believers to enhance our generosity individually. Now before any of y'all get up and walk out and you're thinking, I thought we already did the big tithing sermon stuff already. We did, and I'm not going to do that today. So y'all don't, don't be fretting about that. Uh, but I'm just simply going to talk to you today about generosity. And I, I want us to see some principles that I believe that Paul gives us that helps us to see how we can enhance our generosity. Now let me ask y'all a question. I know this is a no-brainer question. We're in church and nobody's not going to vote for this. So actually don't even vote. You're just going to agree with me. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't all of you say that it's a good thing for people to be generous? Would y'all agree with that? If you don't, you're curmudgeon, so don't, don't even identify yourself. We would all agree it is a good thing to be generous. I agree with that, but here's the question. Am I? Yeah, I agree with a lot. I think, it's, I think people ought to be in great shape. I think everybody ought to do CrossFit, but do I do it? I do not, because actually I don't think it's biblical, but I don't do it because, uh, because I'm lazy. All right, now, so generosity, why should we be generous? So well, there, there are blessings that come with generosity. Great things. You know what Jesus said? Acts 20, 35, Jesus said this. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, do you believe that? It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I think many of us will agree to that, but do we practice it? So that's why we're going to look in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. So if you have your, <clears throat> excuse me, if you have your Bible, look in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. And this chapter is interesting because in this chapter, Paul is talking about a Christian church. There was a bunch of them in the region of Macedonia. Uh, and and it's, it's, I guess so, sort of near where Greece is. And these churches took up a special offering. It's like what we're talking about doing today. They took up a special offering to help one church in particular in Jerusalem. They were struggling. They needed help. And so they decided, we're going to take up an offering as believers to show our generosity. Now, now, what's interesting is to look what Paul said about this offering in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It's what Paul said about the Macedonian church. He said, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God granted to the churches of Macedonia. Now, who were these churches? Well, he said they were, they were tested by severe affliction, but their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed into the wealth of their generosity. He said, I testify that on their own according to their ability and beyond their ability. Now, these verses right here show me this. You do not have to be Bill Gates, y'all know him, or Jeff Bezos to be generous. You don't, you don't have to do that. As a matter of fact, Paul said the Macedonian church was generous even though they didn't have much. And so we see some principles for being generous in our scripture. And the very first principle is, is just very simple. It's this, you will reap what you sow. You know, why, why, why should I, why, you know, what is the, what, you know, how is my generosity enhanced if I decide to be generous? Well, Paul said, you're going to reap what you sow. And that's what he tells us in, in verse number 6. He says, remember this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows 
generously will also reap generously. Does that make sense to y'all? Anybody? Okay, three people. Everybody else, it doesn't make sense. That's why, I'm, that's why I get paid the big bucks. So I'm here to explain that for you. Okay, so that's, that makes complete sense to me. If you, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. I mean, think about a farmer. Farmer goes out, let's say he's planting uh, you know, wheat. And he goes out and he's planting wheat. Whenever he plants wheat, let me ask you this question. What kind of a crop is he going to produce? You'll have a wheat harvest, right? It's not going to be peanuts. You know, I put out wheat and unbelievable. I got tobacco. You know, that's not what's going to happen. You put wheat out, you get wheat back. If you put a lot of wheat out, there's a really good chance you're going to get a lot of wheat back, right? Okay, so what Paul is doing, Paul is using just a very, a very simple, easy-to-understand principle here. You will reap what you sow. Now, here's a question for us. You don't have to answer out loud, just to think about. What is it that you are sowing? Because whatever it is that you're sowing, I'll tell you something, you're going to reap it. You know, there's a story about a truck driver who came in to get something to eat. Hamburger, fries, a drink. There were some Hell's Angels kind of guys in there, Todd. I know that you're a biker, so this is not talking about him. But they were in there, and uh, they saw him coming. He's just outsider, stranger. They walked over, grabbed one of the guys, grabbed his hamburger, took a big old bite out of it, slapped it down on his plate. Another guy saw his French fries. Truck driver just watching him. Guy reaches in, grabs a handful of French fries, shoves it in his face, eats them. Another guy grabs his drink, takes a big old gulp out of it, and they just sit there and stare at him. Truck driver, I mean, he's just tired and worn out from being on the road. He looks at kind of rolls his eyes like, you know, your teenage kids do. Rolls his eyes. He gets up. He just walks to the, he walks, walks to the cashier, pays, pays for his meal, gets in his truck, and drives off. The waitress is watching him drive off, and, and one of the bikers just kind of laughs. She goes, that guy wasn't much of a man, was he? And the lady, the waitress, sat there and looked at it. She goes, I don't know about that. He's not much of a truck driver. He just ran over three motorcycles. <laughs> now, guys, let me tell you that that is a lesson. You will reap what you sow. And that is the lesson Paul was teaching here. He said if you give sparingly, you reap sparingly. You give generously, you reap generously. And it makes sense. And yet what's interesting to me is I, most, we know this. And yet while we know this, most of us struggle with doing that. Now, now the question is, why is it? Because we're selfish. And I'm speaking for me. I, I like to hang on to what I think is mine. It is not in my nature to share. It is in my nature to hoard and keep things for myself. For myself. But there's a huge benefit that comes with generosity. And the Bible speaks of it. In Proverbs 11.25, that's a great verse. If you don't know this one, you ought to know it. It says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, why would God bless generosity? Because the people who are being generous, as believers, we recognize that everything we have, it's, y'all, it is not ours. We are merely stewards of what God has given us. And when we are generous, we are demonstrating the character of God, because He's generous, but we're also demonstrating that we trust that when we give, that God is going to take care of us. Now, there's a lot of different ways to be generous. 
You know, you can be generous in your, in your service and the giving of your time. That's very important that we give, and we do that through our C4 ministries at Village Church. We as a church have decided we are going to engage culture in four different areas of ministry. We're going to do it in our campuses, in our community, in our care ministries, in our civic responsibilities. So we always want to, we want people in the church, we want you to be generous with your time, because that's who Jesus is. I mean, listen to what Jesus had to say about himself. He said in Matthew 23, 11, about his followers, he said, the greatest among you will be your servant. You want to be great? You serve other people. That's why I'll encourage you after the service, if you haven't yet, go check out our C4 table right outside. We have brochures that you can look at to see where you can plug into. But another way that we can be generous is also with our finances. And I'm not doing a tithe sermon here. But I'm just telling you, one of the ways that we demonstrate generosity is with how we use our wealth. And then that's why, that's why we're doing the big give today. Just as a simple way for us to do something in our community. Here's what I believe. I believe that whenever we take up our offering, the big give, and we give it to the teachers at Blythewood High School, I think they're going to be excited. And I, I just, you know what, that makes, I think that's fun. When you give to people... And they're not expecting it, and you give. There's, there's just a real joy that comes with sharing with others. Now, of all people who should be generous, y'all, it's us. It's us as believers. Now, why is that? It's because it's the example Jesus set for us. In Romans 8.32, it says, He did not even spare His own Son, but offered Him up for us all. So if we want to enhance our generosity, here's a principle for us. You're going to reap what you sow. So, so what are you selling? Now, how else can we enhance our generosity? Well, whenever you begin to recognize this. As believers, did you know giving is expected from you? Generosity is expected from God's people. Verse number 7. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not out of regret or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, if you go back, each person should do, what, what should he do? He says he should do as he decided. Now, what he's talking about here, he said each believer should give. The expectation of believers that Paul had was that believers were going to be generous. He expected every believer to contribute something to the Christians who were at the church in Jerusalem. Now, now notice he did not say only wealthy people should be generous. And I think there's sort of that mentality we have even in our nation today. You know, the pe only people who should do stuff, who should be generous, who should give all them really rich people. And I'm trying to figure out what's the, you know, what is the magic number that makes somebody rich. You know, and I'll tell you what it is. It's whatever more than what you have. That's what makes somebody rich. Okay, now Paul did not say that. Paul did not say only rich people should give. What did, what did Paul say? Paul said every person should give. He didn't say, poor people, you guys don't have to give because you can't afford it. He said each person is to give, whether they have little or whether they have much. Now, he didn't expect them to give the same amount. He just expected them to be generous. Now, now on the surface, you might say, well, that's not fair. It's not his money. You can't tell me what to do with my own money. Now, I, I, I'm with you. I feel that way when somebody tells me, when somebody says, I have to do something, I just naturally say, that ain't going to happen. You're not going to tell me what to do. But let me tell you something, as believers, this is different. 
Because it, it's, it's not yours. Nothing is yours. When you become a follower of Jesus, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, you no longer belong to yourself. You now belong to God. And you want to walk and live as Jesus does. 1 John 2, 6, the one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. How did Jesus walk in this life? Let me tell you. Generously. Generous, uh, Jesus lived a generous life. Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man did not, he did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, Jesus wasn't looking to see what he could get out of life. Jesus came here looking to see what he could give. That's who Jesus is. It's backed up by you know, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave His only begotten Son. We are called to walk in the same generous footsteps of Jesus. You may say, well, how do I do that? Well, let let it start with gratitude on your part. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 8, Freely you have received, freely give. What have we received freely? Redemption. You know, just those little things. Forgiveness promise of eternal life. You have been freely given those things. Therefore, our response should be to be grateful and to freely give. Freely give. Not forced. Not giving because you have to freely. You know, I I don't want anyone ever to give, ever to do anything for me because they feel like they just have to or they're forced to. Husbands, do you want your wife to love you because you're making her as if you could or because she chooses to? Choose. You want that that to be freely. You want her to freely love you. That's that's what's being said here. That's why Paul said, it's really interesting, he said, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful, I'm sure you've probably heard it before, it means hilarious. I'm like, what does that mean? God loves a, a hilarious giver. You know, I mean, that's, that's strange to me. So here's, in my mind, this is how it works out. God wants giving to be fun. When you give, you think it's fun. Now, have any of you ever experienced that before? When, when you've given and it's been fun? For those of you who have little kids or maybe your grandparents and you give to them, and the excitement they have whenever you give them a gift they really were, weren't expecting or they were looking forward to, isn't that great? Now that when we give, that's the kind of spirit we are to give with. Not because we have to, but because we want to. Now, if you give like that out of, out of, because you're like, I'm, I'm guilt-tripped into giving, you are losing the joy and the power of giving. Now, if you struggle with giving and being generous, and I think most of us do, that's me. Now, here's what I have to pray for. I have to pray, say, God, give me the grace to be a generous person. There's a young mother, and she had two boys. She was making pancakes for them. Uh, her oldest son was Kevin. His name was, he was five. He had a younger brother named Ryan. He was three, and they were arguing about who's going to get the first pancake. And so she thought this would be a great time for me to teach a moral lesson here. And she, she told the boys, so boys, let me tell you something. If Jesus was, he, would, was here, Jesus would say, you can have the first pancake. So Kevin thought about it for a second. He looked at his little brother, um, Ryan. He said, Ryan, today you're going to be Jesus. Now, uh... 
You know, a lot of us are like Ryan when it comes to giving. We're all, all of us are for giving. We're for generosity, but we want other people to do it. We want other people to be generous. We like it in theory, but we don't necessarily like it in practice. But when I'm generous, it takes the focus off of me thinking this life is about me. Matthew 22, 37 through 40 tells us where our focus is. It says, love the Lord your God with all your, all your heart, mind, and soul. This is the first, first and greatest commandment. The second's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That, that's generosity. So how do I enhance my generosity personally? Understand you're going to reap what you sow. Now, what's another principle to help me? Understand this. But if you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, generosity is expected from you. Not, not, out, of, not out of guilt, but, but out of love. Because you love what God's done for you. And then here's the final principle to help enhance your generosity. And, and this is an important one. When, when you give, understand this. God will provide you with the ability to give. God will provide you with the ability to be generous. Now look with me in verse number, let's see here, verse number 8. It says, and God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your, of your righteousness as you are enriched in every way for all generosity which produces thanksgiving to God through us. I think sometimes we struggle with generosity because we think if I give this away then what it means is less for me. You know, if I share, then it means that I'm going to be doing without. But if you look back in verse number 6, Paul said that God is able to make every grace overflow to us in such a way that we'll always have everything that we need. So what does that mean? Here, God will shovel in to your life more than you can shovel out. God will always supply. Now, let me give you an example. Some of us, you know, if, if you have somebody over and they're thirsty and they want something to drink, and they say, I just like some water. Not, I, I don't, very few of us are going to have a problem giving them water because we have a sink with the tap and, we just, and it's, it's like an, un, it's an unlimited supply. You want some water? I'd be happy to give it to you. Now, if they want something else, you know, like Mountain Dew, which is the nectar of the gods, you know, but we're a little bit like, uh, you know, we kind of struggle. I got water. Now, now, why is that? It was because it, it, it costs, we don't have as much, and we think if I give them that, it's less for me. So we don't want to do that. All right, now, now here's the deal with God. So we think if I'm generous, then I'm giving away and I have less. Y'all, God says his grace overflows abundantly into your life so that when you give, it's like having that water fountain. He's just going to keep on giving. He's going to give to you to enable you to continue to be generous. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that if you give, then God's going to bless you with tons of money. There's some people who do that. I, I don't believe that's the way that God works. Now, sometimes he might do that. But what God's going to do, he's going he's to take care of you. God calls you to be generous, and you're generous. God's, God's going to provide. Doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be, you know, that you're going to win. I, I, if one of y'all has won that lottery, that $1.6 billion, would you please let us know but it doesn't mean that you're, that's going to happen for you. 
But here's what I believe. God, God he might bless you in, in that way, or it might be that he will that he will gift you with the discipline necessary to handle maybe the limited resources that you have. Now, now if I'm going to be generous, let me tell you something. Generosity is personal. It's not just some sort of theory that we have out there that's overarching for everybody else. Y'all, gen- every individual as believers are called to generosity. You may say, well, I, just, I don't know how I can afford to be generous. You know, how can I do that? Well, the simple answer, God God provides. God will provide you with the ability to do it. I have a personal example from this. Um, I've shared them before. I'll do the real simple, easy, quick one. Every year, whenever we receive our statement from giving, and in particular from the church, I I look at it, and I go, man, that's quite a bit of money we, we gave away. But here's what I always say, and I always say this with Emily. Isn't it amazing we did not miss one dime of it? I have never given and missed it. Now, I have not given before and missed the blessings, but I've never given where God did not provide. I have, God has always blessed us when we are generous. The more generously you give, the more abundantly you receive. When you give generously, other people are blessed. But here's the catch in all of it. In order for the law of the harvest to work, you have to plant the seed first. And this goes back to the original stuff when we're talking about when a, you're going to reap what you sow. Uh, a farmer, all, it's always a risk for a farmer. The farmer never receives the harvest without, first of all, planting the seed. You know, he, he, there's not the guarantee there. If you want to see the law of the harvest take place, say, God, I'm going to be generous with what I have. I'm going to plant the seed. And then what happens, and this is where it's scary, you're trusting God to provide the water and the sunshine and that the, that the plant is actually, that the seed's actually going to, going to grow into something. Now, today, we're going, we're going to give. So this is one of the real fun things where we actually, we get to talk about stuff in church, but then we're, now we're going to do it. You know, it's not going to be theory. Today we're going to do it. We're, we're going to, here's my hope, that we are going to give big towards a teacher's supply at a local high school. All right? So you might say, well, then if we do that, what's the harvest going to be? All right, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not real sure. There's going to be a harvest. I don't know what it's going to be. Now, I think part of the harvest is we're just going to be blessed because we're saying, Jesus, we want to be like you. We want to be generous with what we have. But ultimately, here's, here's what I think the overarching harvest is going to be. The name of Jesus will be lifted high. Okay, here's, why, here's why we're doing it. Y'all, in all honesty, this is why we're doing it. To glorify the name of Jesus. To show in a community we want to walk as Jesus walked. And this is a tangible thing that we can do to say we believe in Jesus. We're lifting his name up. He has been generous to us. We want to be generous to you. I do believe a part of the harvest is that when, when the teachers get this, I, I think they're going to be like, oh, that's really neat. Yeah, it's really cool that a church did that. I think there's going to be other people who will be in that school who will find out about it and say, isn't that interesting? There, there's a, there is a group of believers who are actually 
doing something, who, are, who, who hopefully are going to be drawn to the kind of, of people whose faith is willing to engage the culture in which we live. We want people to see Jesus. Really. So then how do we enhance our generosity? A few principles. Understand, you're going to reap what you sow. Generosity as believers, generosity. I'm speaking to believers here. Generosity is expected from you. And the very final thing is, understand this, God will provide you with the ability to give. All right, so that's, that's the whole spiel. That's, our, that's who we are. We're generous people. All right, now what we're going to do, and this is for, for those of you, and again, it's for people who want to give. Who want to, not because you have to, who want to. So now I'm going to ask, I'm just going to ask if you would, just bow your head and close your eyes. And our ushers are going to get the baskets and in just a few moments, we're going to pass them around. And if, if God has laid that on your heart, then what you can do is if you write a check, put in your memo the big gift. Make it out to Village Church, the big gift. Every penny of it will go, will, it will not go here. It will go to the teachers. You write that on the, on the check. If you have check, you have cash, and put it in here. So we'll know that if, it's, if, it's, if the cash is being dropped in, it's, it's going to go straight to them. Heavenly Father, I am grateful just for the opportunity and the privilege that we have to give. God, to do something demonstrable to our, for our community that shows the heart of who our God is. And Lord, it's just, it's just something that, you know, it's, it's, I believe it's, it's like our lives, they play music. And so God, I pray that the song that people will hear from our lives today in our community is a song of generosity. God, we want to be generous because you were first generous in the giving of your son to redeem us. Thank you, Lord. Bless this offering. I pray that it will be a big gift. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.